Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of The Discomfort Zone. I'm here, as always, with Andrew. We have two special guests who are both Discomfort Zone alum. The first is a young Alex, Alex Bell. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Andrew Sample. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back on. Well, I had a good day drink, the little chips are gone, the taste in my mouth seems to linger on. Rub my eyes, look down on my shoes, a man, and a lot of things I'd like to do. First show of 2020, I pitched this to the group as a roundtable about New Year's resolutions, but I think New Year's resolutions are kind of bullshit. Yeah, me too. Why do you think they're bullshit? Because I fail. They don't stick. Uh, sure. And I never, it's not so much that they don't stick. I think they are a good thing in general. I love the idea, mm-hmm. but I don't like my execution. It's kind of like my a, commitment. come Monday on a grander scale, right? Like Monday is a good time to start things. Yeah. So come Monday, I'm going to go back to doing this habit. And uh, oh, yeah. this is a new year, a new decade. Yeah. Like speaking weekly, on Sunday, you have all these grand plans about how your week's going to go, mm-hmm. and what you're going to start doing, and this new thing you're going to start doing in the morning, or this practice that you're going to do every day. You're committing to do it every single day. And then you have this elaborate plan, all these different pieces that you're moving around, all these boxes you're going to check. And Monday comes and you start going. You're like, okay, feeling pretty good. Priority one, priority two, check, check, check doing my thing, keeping things organized. I'm on top of it. And then like two hours later, you, you veer a little bit. And what? then by Wednesday, you're not even looking at your plan anymore. And the next week comes and you go, well, wipe it clean, whole new plan. Do you guys know that in the year End of show. 2019, I began experimenting with something called block scheduling. Do you know about this? Where you schedule your entire day, like the entire productive portion of your day, and then important things as far as meetings or whatever that happen outside of the productive portion. By doing this, you learn what the productive portion of your day is, and you also learn that Friday is useless for really high leverage type things. Yeah. So I made Friday my work for other people day when that work doesn't require a lot of like uh, creative energy, and that actually worked out pretty well. You know what else works for that? What? Um, when you have no friends or nothing to do, Friday afternoon and evening is a great time to get shit done because everyone else is tapping out early and not bothering you. Oh, yeah. And Are you having you know, a problem with friends? No, but I've noticed like I'm making these urgent calls to colleagues at work Yeah. at like 4 p.m. on Friday, and I'm staring down the barrel of like two or three more hours of like consistent work, and I get these guys on the phone, and it's like I can hear in their voices. like They're checked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, I'm still going hard. Yeah. And it feels good for a moment, but that's like the only moment that feels good. And they're kind of like, how dare you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. So let's uh, continue along and just talk about impressions on New Year's resolutions. Alex, how do you feel about this? I think I would probably put them in a similar category as uh, sporting events, where I I used to be with sporting events uh, very much like oh, it's the bread and circus of the masses and like, it's all bullshit, man. And why are you letting uh, teams with people who are going to be an entirely different set of people five years from now, like affect your emotional state, all that kind of like, how cool am I for being edgy and alternative 
Anti-sports, yeah. Yeah, you're, Anti-sports you're, stuff. You're being every libertarian and yes, saying, oh, I was ball. in high school Everybody every libertarian. Was, yeah. Now I think, you know what? I, sports still aren't necessarily for me, but it's okay to just have a reason to get excited about something and invested in something emotionally sometimes. Um, so I think similarly with New Year's res- resolutions, um, I do some things that you could categorize as a New Year's resolution. But I don't necessarily think, to Andrew's point, yeah, I mean, I think the statistics are New Year's resolutions don't really work. And like you said, Brett, it's the I'll start this on Monday kind of complex. But I think it's just like why is the uh, end of the year, beginning of the year at a certain time of year? Um, It's somewhat arbitrary, but it's also got all this cultural stuff to it. I think it might be kind of arbitrary to say it's a New Year's resolution versus, hey, why didn't you do that on Tuesday, December 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a reason that people have for like really thinking about their lives and what they want to improve and kind of setting some level of intention to do that um, and taking a couple steps towards that, even if those couple of steps uh, don't really go any further or anywhere like new and magical, I, I don't know. I think it's probably helpful that um, people at least try. I get what you're saying. And I, you know, my response was going to be, maybe it just takes a couple new years in a row to get something to click. But yeah. if, so if that approach changed where it's like, okay, I'll try it on Monday. I'll try it next Monday. Like you're more regular on trying the new thing. I think with the new year's resolution, if people have this kind of make it or break it thing about it, they give up and don't try to get back at it as quickly as possible in a lot of cases. So that was for me. Yeah. Back when I used to like quit smoking, that used to be one quit drinking. That used to be one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think changing anything is hard. So it's like, you can certainly make a habit of like always being the person who I'm always trying to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways I've kind of, my identity has been built on the, like being a struggling person rather than being somebody who struggles to actually get uh, progress made in life. But I think if you're not even trying, then like, the poster that my eighth grade English teacher who was not a sports person at all had on her wall was uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. If this is a shot at getting uh, to become a better version of yourself, I accept it. Well, I think one of the things that we're actually going to talk about today is habit replacement. A lot of new year's resolutions are around getting rid of bad habits. A feature of the conversation is going to be how to swap out the bad for the good, which is something we've all done. Yeah. I think it's easier to incorporate a new habit, as opposed to getting rid of a bad habit. Right, right. But maybe there's a way to spin that and trick yourself into replacing one with the other. Well, good habits crowd out the bad, and I think we're going to give examples of that. Like, I formed habits that were more important to me than bad habits. You know, like I formed good, helpful habits or obsessions, people might say, that were required letting go of things that were not, you know, optimal action or behavior. Yeah. And I think once you form those good habits slash obsessions, then then it's much easier to drop the bad ones because just your mental space, your attitude, your brain is filled with all the good ones. Mm -hmm. You don't have room for the bad ones. Right. Um, But I have noticed this. So like what Alex was saying about just constantly trying taking those shots so you don't miss 100% of them, it can get real annoying to other people. Like, because this is something that I talk about. Like, I I like hearing what people are trying. Yeah. Like, I, I, would, I would love to just message certain people and just go, hey, how do you keep it together? Like, what do you do to stay... Pro- like, you seem like a productive person. You're relatively successful. I, I love what this. Do you do? Yeah. Right. Um, so, like, that's always floating in my mind, and I end up talking about it. But people don't care to hear that. They don't want to hear what you're doing? 
No. What do they care? Well, do you try, like, a good trick to talk about yourself is to start by pretending you're interested in somebody else. Yeah, yeah, Have you I tried know. this? That's what, well, that's what I'm getting at. Like, okay. I want to know what they're doing. Okay. But most people aren't doing anything. Most people? Do you really think? I don't know. I feel like we live in, uh, as cynical as I can be sometimes when I sit in front of the computer or watch television or listen to certain podcasts, we live in such a prolific DIY kind of world. Yeah. And I just, like, there's never been such a great time for people to actually try to better themselves. And there's probably never been uh, such a large, I don't even, there's obviously the most people doing it right now ever, but such a large percentage of the population, like, actually trying to work on various aspects of, like, improving their health. Yeah, it it feels like that. It feels like everyone is doing this possibly more effective than I Are they just fucking pretending? Yes, because I have, I've done this. Uh, two years ago, okay, I messaged a good friend of mine. I don't hang out with him much anymore, but he's been a good friend for nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he has held down a good job, and uh, he's always been relatively successful. Like the, the money thing was never a problem. He seems to have fun. He travels a lot. He was married for 10 years. That didn't work out, but he found somebody else. It's all, like, it's all positive. His life is very good. Right. So I messaged him, and he was always kind of like a nerdy sort of guy, like a smart student in, in school, which I wasn't, so everyone else seems superior. But yeah. I messaged him, and I go, what do you do to keep track of everything, like keep track of your life and stay productive and this, that, and the other? And uh, his answer was absolutely nothing. And every time I hear that answer, I'm shocked. But I don't think – I think we're projecting too much on the other people. Well, I think that's possible, too. And I have a theory about what might cause that, that I want to just kind of mull over in my mind a little bit so I don't present it in like a very cynical way. But we'll get to that in a minute. That brings us to the guy you're about to find out is the star (laughs) of this episode of The Discomfort Zone. Regular School Sucks guest. Not regular enough, but he's been here a bunch of times. Drew Sample, what are your initial thoughts on this concept of the New Year's resolution? I think setting goals every year is a great idea, but I, I think it like a New Year's resolution itself. I don't think it's bad. I think, you know, New Year's resolutions can be a way for people to expose themselves to things that they wouldn't normally do or or something like that. But I think a lot of times people do. I mean, I, most of them obviously fail personally. Like I, I have goals every year that I try to make and I, a lot of them I accomplish and a lot of them I don't. And then it's just, you know, looking back and saying, you know, okay, what do I need to do differently? And I think I, I tend to struggle with, um, I don't want to obsess over them because like I'll watch you accomplish goals, Brett. And like, you can take yourself to this level where you're tracking everything you do Evernote and you do getting things done method and all that stuff. And I've, and you've, you've taken time to explain stuff to me and I actually really like to pick your brain on it, but I'm never going to incorporate everything you're doing just because. For yeah, me, I neither am I. <laughs> but it's like, but I think like for me, it's like because I, I still there's this part of me that has to have like a sense of chaos. And I think I don't know why. And I think can you sorry to cut you off, but can you would it be appropriate to substitute the word chaos with flexibility? I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think I like to have a bit of flexibility. But now that I'm getting older I'm finding that desire to not necessarily, I don't really necessarily want that anymore. So I think it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm 34. I'm going to be 35. You know, I need to, my business is doing well. What, okay. What my money's increasing from the business, but okay. So I've had this financial goal and this health goal. Like I might, my body composition looks better. Um, my pain is, is a lot lower than what it first was when I got back into fitness, which was why I largely, started taking my fitness seriously again because I started having some sciatica issues 
but now it's just like okay i need to kind of grow up and really get these goals accomplished like i need to lose some weight um and so i i was kind of like you know what am i doing that's not aligning with that and the biggest thing was kind of alcohol use like and that's something else that like sometimes it's manageable and other times like if if events in my life start to get a little carried away i feel myself starting to just kind of flow more towards drinking alcohol to deal with it well this is what i want to dig into just to pause right there for a second one of my hopes for the discomfort zone when we started it three seasons ago (laughs) was to eventually i mean originally it was just me and andrew and we would kind of explore problems that we were having like what we would take turns in the so-called hot seat and we go back and forth and i wanted to bring in other people and you know help them hopefully I'm glad we've gotten a couple of chances to do that. And today I kind of wanted to lay out what you're trying to do, what the specific goals are, what you've identified as obstacles, because we did talk about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks privately. I thought if anybody could be helpful here, it would be this uh, group of three, me, Andrew and Alex, because in one way or another, we've dealt with these things and, you know, had some success and gained some wisdom So I was really hoping we could focus on you in this conversation and provide the maximum amount of help possible. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I know there's there's certain things I need. I know I need to get back to. And I appreciate that because I was when you had messaged me, I was relieved because I was about to contact you more to talk about what you were doing for journaling and some other aspects, because it's like I need to get back into that. I was doing like the five minute journal or that uh, the gratitude journal, whatever it is, where it's just something real quick. And then. I just kind of got out of the habit and I felt like maybe I need to elaborate some, some ideas in my head more so on paper. Did you get anything um, from it though? The, the kind of dabbling in it? I think I did. It's just that it wasn't, obviously I wasn't getting enough to be consistent. I mean, like I started to, I mean, I did feel like I was accomplishing more. I did feel like it, it, the forced being grateful in the morning was really nice, but I think it's also, I think it just, I guess kind of got bored with it, but I got something out of it. I just felt like there was more I could do. Maybe just like just writing ideas in my head that I have to maybe get stuff. I mean, Brett had said something to me a long time ago that, you know, your brain space is is better used as a processor than a, than a than storage, like a hard drive. Yeah. And, and I think about that a lot. And I've tried to automate a lot of things in my life or remove certain things so I don't have as much stuff going on upstairs. And I think sometimes at times I realized that was kind of what, what led me to, you know, wanting to give up drinking for a little bit of time is number one, I, you know, once my grandma had passed, I realized I was kind of dealing with, I was, I was consuming alcohol to kind of deal, um, I think with grief. Yeah. And then I think I was using, um, sexual pleasure is a, is a, is a stress reliever. So that was something else too. It's not like I was, it was becoming a problem in my life. But I was like, you know, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to try to go without drinking alcohol, what else could I kind of remove from my life to to challenge myself to to focus and maybe deal with things? And also too, a lot of fitness um, things I'd read about kind of naturally raising your testosterone said, you know, don't watch porn, like try to go without porn. So you're not. And there's there's always been this idea. I even remember in high school or High school and middle school wrestling, like coaches would be like, yeah, don't jerk off because you're going to lose kind of like an edge because you're going to let go of testosterone. I, don't, I never really looked into to see if it was true. It is it's a thing that people say. Yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, look what happened to Costanza when, when they had the contest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I, I think for me, like it, it was, I need to, I think like I use 
both those things to sleep. Like it would like I would use alcohol or it was easier to sleep if I would like jerk off or something like that. And so I realized that I have some sleep issues that from removing two things, like it was something that was easier for me to deal with because of like, okay, so why it it was kind of like, why have I been doing this in this habit? And it's like, okay, now I have this underlying issue, which is sleeping, which I kind of like discovered in the last 11 to 12 days. So, okay, so what do I need to do to maybe sleep more? And so I think it's been, it's been a good journey so far. Like there's definitely things I would like to change, but I think like, you know, something you had said, Brett, was focused on 12 weeks versus the whole year. Yeah. Um, and that was and I think that's actually been really helpful as well, because it, it really hasn't been hard to quit drinking. Like it, it, surprisingly, it's not. And I think, too, I was really motivated because I, I actually did have alcohol consumption affect something in my personal life. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and it wasn't anything big. It was something that was like a healthy um, kind of perspective. And it was just like, OK, what what is it going to solve if I if I kind of abstain from drinking for most of the year, if I can, or do it very little most of the year. But at the same time, I'm going to be making better decisions. I'm going to get better sleep. I'm going to feel better. It's going to help with my health goals to lose weight. Um, Cause I put on like 16 pounds towards the end of the year. And it was just like, okay, my body fat's not going up. Like what's going on. And then like, sure enough, I've lost like eight pounds. We're not drinking for like 11 to 12 days. What, what were you so drinking? Day 12. Man, I was just drinking like whiskey and like probably diet Coke for the most part. So the soda wasn't good. Um, but even then, if it wasn't that, even if it was like vodka and diet tonic or something like that, man, like it was just, it wasn't straight alcohol, but I think it was just, it was just an excess, man. Like it was like, if I was drinking, I was drinking and yeah. I was having like, it was like serious binge drinking. I mean, like we, when I came in town and like we went to Gooskies and you and I had a bunch of drinks. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like doing that, but multiple times a week. Yeah. Like I, two or three times a week. I got myself to that level too in the not too distant past. The excuse of, oh, the Penguins are on tonight. That's my excuse to go and sit at a bar alone because I can pretend to watch the game. So we've identified a bad habit to address here, right? But, hey, well, sorry, Brett. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm curious, Drew, because you, you mentioned a lot of different things, you know, changing your eating habits, getting back into fitness, uh, eliminating drinking, eliminating all these things. I think a common fear, and I don't know how bad it could be or how much it might set you up for failure, but stacking on too many things. Yeah. So the, the biggest focus right now is alcohol. The biggest focus was going away from alcohol. Um, that was like my main goal. So it's like, okay, if, if I felt, I felt like if I knock that out, that would solve a lot of problems. The other stuff was just kind of bonus that it wasn't like, it's something to, to keep in mind, but the main goal is, okay, I'm going to quit drinking for, you know, 90 days. See, okay. So there's a thing, right? And for me, maybe like the drinking thing is something I take a little bit more seriously because, uh, Man, I wasn't good at it, but well, I think it affects all of us differently. It does, too. and that's my point. I'm superimposing my own experience on top of this, and I think for a goal to be achieved, obviously, it has to be very specific and measurable. So when people say I'm going to drink less, they don't, right? Yeah. If it was like more specified and more like you could know yeah. after a week, after a month, after 90 days, did I succeed or did I fail? There's nothing to be wishy washy. About and I mean that's I just also know that from experience with drinking and a hundred other things, right? Not being specific enough. So my my idea was if there's a special occasion, you know, I might have a few, 
but it's like the biggest thing is no more than once a month. So during the 12 weeks, if I, if I only drink three times once a month, I would be happy. Okay. Um, but I think that the thing to really focus on is just none, because I think it's like, okay, I, I, I don't want to find excuses to just drink. And it's like, because I, I, just like Andrew was saying, it's easy to do. And it was like one of those things, like, just because I have these freedoms doesn't mean I should necessarily ex- like do it. Yeah, I get that. I, from personal experience, uh, probably being more steps towards Brett, because I've been doing the not drinking thing for longer than you, but um, I plan on drinking again. And in fact, uh, I drank on New Year's Eve for the first time in like a couple of years. Um, I will say for me getting started, I started smoking weed in high school and started drinking and then started doing all sorts of drugs. And weaned myself off there um, into my 20s to the point where like drinking was basically the only thing that I would do. And throughout that whole process, there would be these like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to drink less, or I'm going to smoke weed less, or I'm only going to do it on special occasions, all these sort of things where it's still okay to do the thing, just with whatever limits of the moment I'm going to put on it. And every single time it would maybe lead to a week, a month, a couple months of improvement of not smoking weed as much or not drinking as much. And then it would start sliding back down into, okay, here it is, like I'm drinking all day on Saturday again. Um, So for me, it was really important, even though um, I don't want to have to be so hardcore with myself that I can't ever drink again, at least for the initial going from being somebody who drinks more than I want to, to somebody who can actually control that. um, I had to just go completely, look, I can't, I'm not drinking at all because what is a special occasion? Oh, it's somebody's birthday oh, shoot, it's this other person's birthday now. I already drank. Like, it's just so easy to turn it into a penguins um, game. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. That's why I was like once a month, you know, have a have a treat day or whatever. But I think, you know, I, I don't um, I mean, the biggest thing that I've I've just really enjoyed not drinking. Like one thing I noticed was my the thoughts like thoughts coming through my head it's so much easier to have clearer thinking it's so much that was why i asked you know um i think i asked probably like a week later like what are you guys doing for journaling because it was like okay i'm having a lot more better like i'm having better ideas come about my business about my life about different strategies for different things i need to do something with these ideas or i need to kind of revisit maybe journaling or or something and see if maybe adding this into the equation that like after you know i do yoga and meditate and i think you know making sure that I'm taking advantage. Like I try to give myself at least 30 minutes a day um, to do like uh, kind of like mind and physical fitness stuff. Sure. Um, and that doesn't always happen. I like, I definitely would like to exercise more, but I, I did notice that it's like, you know, when I was drinking regularly too, I felt like I was overindulging and probably exercising too much. Too um, much with or- drinking. That totally goes against where, <laughs> where my advice was going to go. So you're, you sound like Andrew. <laughs> You exercise and drink too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, if if I if I'm working out a lot and I notice drinking is in the thing, it's like, well, shit. I just busted my ass in the gym today. I'm gonna reward myself. So you you drink and you eat a bunch, and then it's like, and I'm not tracking my calories. So then it's like, oh no, it's it's enough. But then it's like, okay, one time I, I started to actually track how many calories I was consuming from drinking, and it was quite a bit. Yeah. Or and then it's like, OK, well, now I'm drunk, so I'm going to go eat this more shit food. And so it's like, OK, so when I'm not drinking, like it's like I'm ba- I'm making better decisions. Like I don't feel like, oh, I have to go work out now and it, have to, it has to be really intense because, you know, last night 
I went really hard and I need to sweat out this alcohol and I need to do this or do that. That is so weird to me. It's it was see, like for me, when I talk about good habits crowding out bad, it was always one or the other. You know, like even the gym, the gym eventually crowded out smoking. Where I was like, I don't know, maybe I was thirty two or thirty three. And I was like, I'm gonna die in here if I keep like trying to start when I started doing like deadlifts, right? I was yeah. like, Well, this might be my last one ever. That's how it felt. You know, and eventually that was like motivation enough to stop smoking and drinking. It was always like a very clear choice between one or the other. There's no way I could do both. But again, you know, everyone's relationship. Well, I didn't didn't do it well. Like I I wasn't doing it well. It was just like it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I just felt like I had to do more. And it's like, you know, man, I'm getting older. Less is more like I want to focus more on body weight stuff and flexibility. Like I'd like to be able to. And I felt like maybe losing weight, like that was just a bullshit goal for myself. That's why I haven't necessarily attained it. When when it, when it was, hey, I want to stop feeling pain, it was really easy to get disciplined. So now I'm thinking, okay, what is, because I don't know if you noticed, like when I, when I sent you guys, like, okay, here's my fitness goals. I didn't really have a clear vision. Like I want to figure out something to do. It's like, okay, I want to be able to do a handstand by the end of the year and be able to balance and do a handstand. And then the next year, I want to be able to do handstand push-ups. Because it's like I really want to be in control of my body because I have a big body. It's like, okay, if I can get in my body and control it, you know, I don't think fitness is ever going to be an issue. Flexibility is not going to be an issue. So when did you um, make these fitness goals? And, and let's talk about specifically what they are. Because I, I have a feeling we're going we're gonna to go back and forth a little bit between bad yeah. habits that are going away and good habits that are coming in. But this is what I was trying to say about the 12-week year idea is yeah. like Andrew and I... What's the context here? Because no one, I don't think anybody who's listening to this knows what you're talking about and I barely know what you're talking about. That's what's going to be my next sentence. Oh, okay. Here it comes. Thanks. When Andrew and I go to the gym, a lot of like the programming I do is on like a six to eight week schedule. Instead of saying, like, by the end of the year, I'll be able to do this, it's like, we'll go for six weeks or we'll go for eight weeks, and then I can measure something new. Like, we'll take a break, do something else for a while. But do you have a real goal for the end of that six weeks or eight weeks? Like, are you going, I'm going to build a dumbbell press this much? I do, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. I didn't know you are working towards the goal. I think you're just working for more. I have, no. I have numbers that I want to hit by the end of every cycle, right? Okay. Now, even if the cycle ends, we switch to something else and I fall below that. I want to be able to do this by the end of that. So I'm kind of like program. I'm trying to program my way to get to a certain place with most exercises. Now, the last year was different because the things that are most important as far as numbers are concerned in the gym, like squat, you couldn't do deadlift. Them. I couldn't do them. Right. So I had to kind of substitute or let go of certain things. But the exercises that sort of signal strength to me, those things have numbers. Right. So there's a certain amount I want to be able to do for a press. There's a certain amount I want to be able to do on the bench. There's a certain amount of like pull ups I want to be able to do, which also were out last year because I was injured for a lot of the time. So I was very like numbers, like quantifiable oriented before I got injured. And now I think I've gotten to the place where I can afford to be there again. But even like shortening the cycle that you're doing something on, which has just been a a process of the gym the whole time we've done it, right? Like working in fairly short cycles, six to eight weeks, it allows you to evaluate what you're doing better and make changes faster, right? Versus like if we said, okay, for the next six months, we're going to do this. That wouldn't be a good way to program. Right. Because then you wouldn't necessarily have the gains that you're trying to achieve because you've just you can also you can also span. slough it off too because like what's six months to say right. by the end of the year I'm going to be able to yeah. do this what's today January twelfth you know 
that's the end of the year is uh, three hundred and fifty-two four four days five, three days away. You know, that's a long way off. Yeah. So uh, Landon Porter, who's somebody that I uh, I do work for, he's the sales gorilla guy. You know, he says a year is a scoreboard. Right, which is kind of like in line with the whole New Year's resolution things. Like you can use a year as a scoreboard. So I put up some good scores this year, and like there were things about this year that I was honestly really unsatisfied with. Some new things happened that I was excited about, and there were some places where I feel like I didn't achieve what I hoped. But a year is a good measure of that. And then I said, okay, well, because I was more deliberate about how I did that, a way to get even more specific and more focused would be to like shorten the amount of time I'm trying to do things in. And that's always like, you know, you break goals into smaller parts. But like if you're doing it on the scale of the whole year, that's like been a way for me to not achieve a lot of goals in the past. So I'm curious, Drew, just because I I wrote this down, it's been weighing on me for a while and there was no good opportunity to say it. So I'm going to say it now. But when you were talking about whether it was drinking, yoga, meditation, journaling, all the things that you're doing in the course of a day or the things you could potentially do in the course of a day. Yeah. How much emphasis were you putting on a routine like, okay, the same time every day I'm going to the gym or the same time every day I'm doing X, Y, or Z? And and how much emphasis did you put on, you know, where you were mentally at a certain time of the day? No, I hadn't. I hadn't necessarily traditionally. I really haven't put any of that into effect. Like, I think when I have a routine, I notice that I'm, I'm doing my best. And I think like I'm looking to build a new routine. I feel best with exercise and everything around like 2 p.m. ish. Okay. Um, but I think like with meditation, it's typically best in the morning. But it's like, okay, I don't necessarily want to do a full workout in the morning, but a morning flexibility kind of stretching routine is good for me. And then like I can knock out like, you know, headspace and do that and then maybe journal for a little bit and then get to what I'm doing because, it, you know, if I started at like 8 a.m. every day, um, it'd be fine. So my, so my first goal, so I kind of looked at like this 12 week thing with alcohol being the main focus is okay. That first month I don't really drink. Um, well, I don't drink. And so then if I, if I'm consistent with that, it's like, okay, so I'm noticing I have these sleep issues. So my schedule has been kind of off just because I want to make sure I'm getting enough sleep and I want to make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep. So I'm not necessarily waking up consistently at different times of the day. Like, because sometimes I'll wake up at like 5 a.m. and I don't fall back asleep till like 7.30. And then yeah. I'll sleep for another few hours and I get my full sleep. And it, it versus like when I'm drinking, I just will wake up because I drink too much. And I don't feel good. So then I'm like, well, I'm just going to get up and get my day started and not make any excuses. And so I actually wake up earlier when yeah. I drink. But I just don't get better sleep. Like I don't at all. So it's easier to stay on like a routine with drinking because my sleep was more under under rec. So it was like, I didn't want to go in knowing like, this is going to be my new routine. My whole thing was first, okay, I'm going to give up drinking. Um, and then while I'm giving up drinking, and now I'm like kind of a different person, um, because I don't have alcohol in my system, and I'm, my thoughts and my body's just working better. Um, I was going to look to build a routine from there. And I think that's been, that's definitely been something I've been thinking a lot about a lot because you know i'm I'm mostly i'm driving around either doing deliveries or once we get done here i'm gonna go harvest and i'll be thinking about different stuff while i'm doing like just the same kind of routine i feel like it's been healthy because it's like okay i I really want now it's instead of telling myself 
oh, I have to do this. It's like, no, I want to do this. And so it's been healthier. I don't feel like I'm putting like an unhealthy amount of pressure on myself because the biggest thing is drinking. Okay, I know I don't want to drink for 12 weeks, but then I want to have a better, clearer picture of everything else that I need to fix in my life. But I felt like the first start was drinking. It, Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a real defogger, I think. And yeah. I'd actually like to hear from Alex because he obviously put together a, a, a pretty long period of abstinence with alcohol and weed. Like Alex did this and then fitness goals and lots of personal goals came in after that, I'm guessing. So I'd just like to hear the same story from him when he put these things down how did other things change? I don't think it's that clean. It wasn't for me that clean. Okay. Um, and it might not be for anybody just because, um, like, like I said, by the time I went to, I'm not drinking anymore. I had already had a whole like journey through smoking weed. Um, that was similar. And I'd also like had a whole journey through like having a first job and like doing entrepreneurial stuff and things like that. So it wasn't like my entire life was held up by drinking. And then I stopped drinking and everything that uh, has ever been good in my life has happened since I started drinking. But I definitely am a believer in the idea of keystone habits. Um, and I think drinking, not drinking, it's not even so much the drinking itself, though there are things like um, being hungover, there are physiological level, like mental um, lack of acuity and things like that. For me, particularly around things like drinking, smoking weed, drug use, I know there's like a there's a mindset piece underneath that for me. It's not drinking specifically. Um, it's the mindset where I crave things and then I let myself just indulge that craving completely. So I've had similar challenges with food too, being a non like drug thing. I could have similar challenges with uh, with shopping or even doing email, which has this air of like being productive on top of it. Oh, but it's like, God. dude, you don't need to spend four hours like quote unquote going through email. I do right now, actually, really bad. I'm so far behind. <laughs> um, well, so it's been mentioned a couple of times, like mental acuity, whether it's drinking or smoking weed, does, is it just accepted that everyone's mental acuity depletes? No, I don't think so. And I actually want to I want to clarify that I am in no way intending to be judgmental about drinking generally. I would never try to have a conversation with somebody about stopping drinking who had never expressed an interest or, you know, like felt like it was something they needed to do. I think probably nine out of 10 people have a relationship, at least four out of five people have a relationship with alcohol that is as close to, I don't want to say a hundred percent not threatening because obviously alcohol isn't good for you, but most people have a comparatively healthy relationship with alcohol. Well, yeah, because the, the reason I ask is I've never noticed a difference in mental acuity. If anything, I feel like I'm a little more reserved and less introspective when I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. Like, not when I'm not drunk versus drunk. I just mean drinking, like over the course of a week. Okay. And and it's funny you mentioned that. Like, you wouldn't suggest someone stop drinking if they didn't have a problem with that. And I, I, that's how I perceive you. And Wait, how do you perceive me? That you wouldn't tell someone to stop drinking that didn't express an interest in stopping oh, I, drinking. Oh, when somebody – I want to pour drinks down people's throats and watch them have fun. Right. But um, a couple weeks ago when you were in, in up, up on your trip oh, yeah. uh, on New Year's Eve, you suggested that I try stopping drinking. Uh, so I immediately proceeded to get shit-faced. Um, but then I didn't drink for a long period of time relative to the last – three years of my life right but the context of that was you were expressing frustration about losing weight 
Yeah. And I said, you're not going to like, there's no, I remember when I first heard about low carb diets and I think I was in college and my friend Terry was like, yeah, I just got to drink Jim Beam all the time. No carbs. Yeah. Right. And so I had an overlap in my life between a low carb lifestyle and a drinking lifestyle where I would indulge in whiskey. And I always weighed 15, 20, even, even if I did have some kind of on again, off again fitness routine during that time, I could, I feel like if the, the way I eat and abstaining from alcohol right now, I could stop working out completely and I could maintain a weight between 170 and 180 pounds at five foot 10. If I drank, I would weigh 195. Really? Or one at least 185. Yeah, yeah there's uh, – I think we could if we really wanted to get into the nutritional metabolism of alcohol. Yeah. Um, but I think like kind of to Andrew's point too uh, or, or where Andrew's going I think is like picking on this like is it good for your mental acuity? And that's where I would say uh, I would step back even from that because we're getting down like uh, a tangent I think to like – Well, personally for you, what, what like not drinking, what, did it make your mental acuity go up? Because it sounded like it does for Drew – but what about you? Um, me personally, I don't know that it did. Uh, I will say part of the reason why I stopped drinking was um, because I noticed a similar thing to Brett of the weight loss uh, piece. But I think really like in my mind, the most important part as far as like, why am I doing this and how does this help me as a human being going forward came a lot more from, again, that mindset work. Um, and so what, like those little details like, oh, it can help me lose weight. Oh, it can help me like be more mentally acute. Um, oh, maybe I won't get into like uh, knockdown drag out fights with my parents. Um, all those things were great, like kind of sub uh, justifications to not drink. But the main thing was the person who I want to be doesn't have this toxic relationship with alcohol that I do now. And so in order for me to become a step closer to that person, I need to not drink for a period of time. And so my goal was um, more of like a shift in my identity that not drinking was going to better facilitate than some other things that I could have done to try to become closer to the person I want to be. Right. And we're, again, I just want to super stress this, that we're talking about alcohol as a problem because Drew expressed it an interest in letting it go. Right. I think alcohol is one of the many resources that we have available in the world today for managing beliefs uh, that are persistent and uncomfortable. But there's lots and lots of strategies for doing this. Andrew has passed me an index card that says got to pee. So he'll be right back. <laughs> I'll probably drink again. But I think like the biggest thing for me, it was in relation to weight loss, getting a better routine and everything. And I felt like alcohol at the time needed to be paused. I think I can yeah. have a healthy relationship with it. Mm -hmm. I have in the past, but I've also had a very unhealthy relationship with it. And I started to feel like I was getting pulled to that unhealthy side of it. I think most um, people can do that, Drew. I think Alex can do it. I think, you know, Andrew can do it. For me personally, I'm 42. I'm done experimenting. But I think most people who, not most people, some people, let's say some people, because I don't want to give anyone ideas, who identify that their relationship with alcohol has caused problems in the past can fix that. I do not want to be, I'm not an AA person. I don't want to be fatalistic about it. And that was my first exposure to this uh, choice between drinking and sobriety. They told me when I was 21 years old, when I was court ordered to go in there, they said, you can come here, or you can die. And I said, well, here yeah. sucks shit. 
So this isn't going to be much of a good life. And then, you know, by the time I got into my early 30s and I found there there were other options, that was a huge relief. And that actually uh, brought a lot of hope about uh, that eventually led to me stopping doing it. I've had legal issues due to alcohol as well. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like when you do go in those things, like I remember, thankfully, like I had a good friend at the time who was kind of helping me sort some stuff out who like took all these psychology classes just for fun and like was reading all these uh, studies on the J store. And, and I'd, I'd kind of come to these conclusions about behavioral therapy. And I was looking into, I was getting into it. One thing he said is like, man, if you go in there like this, this event, that you're required to do like so if you ever get a dui for listeners that don't have one and in most states you either have the option to go to jail or do this state-based rehab which is typically like aa based and I, I think AA helps some people but i mean from all the research i found it was you know aa is best when it's paired with behavioral therapy and behavioral therapy was got better results when paired with aa I know like drinking can be an indication of other problems or other problems can be related to drinking. And it sounds like everyone here has had problems that they can directly attribute to drinking or that drinking made worse in some cases. And I'm just going to kind of talk, uh, think out loud here, but like correct, uh, stop me if I'm being delusional. For me, I don't have really any directly horrible things or even really bad things that have happened due to drinking. I think my problems in life in general and take any time period, especially for anyone who doesn't know, I've been drinking a lot more heavily over the past, I don't know, three years, let's say. And uh, like a lot more, like I never used to drink all that much. And if I did, it would be once every couple weeks or once a month or something. But over the past three years, it's been, minimum weekly and in and, and some cases daily for periods of time too. And that sounds really bad, but I can't point to any really awful things that have come out of it. And I feel like an easy way for me to excuse my problems or justify my problems. And, and I'm not projecting in any way here, but I feel like it's, it's a very simple way or an oversimplifying way to pin my problems on drinking. I don't think drinking even exacerbates my problems. I don't think anybody should pin their problems on drinking. I think that's No, no, no. Actually, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying anybody should. I'm right. saying it would be—I I feel like it would be easy for me to do that, but I don't relate my issues with drinking at all. But am I delusional in thinking that? Is that me justifying me drinking? Because, well, like, I, I, I can understand that generally drinking is— not healthy, not good. Yeah. It can be controlled, and there are different levels. There's tons of gray area. But I feel like the amount that I drink or the frequency just in general, yeah, it is farther on the unhealthy side than it is the healthy side. I think it's just a signal to pay attention to, right? So, like, yeah. I've probably heard it's – I've probably said on the show before – I think a lot of people go through life never really happy and fulfilled, but never really unhappy and desperate enough to do anything about it. So maybe that's kind of like that was the cynical thing that I didn't want to talk about before. When you ask somebody what they what do you do? I don't know. I don't do anything. I just go through life. Yeah, that is a lot of people. Then some of those people become alcoholics. They become heroin addicts. They have some other kind of life crisis that forces them into a corner where they have to start living consciously. So one thing that I would encourage people to do 
even if you don't have a problem with something, if you recognize it as an uh, unhealthy, suboptimal behavior, ask why you do it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, unfortunately, had to get all the way to the shittiest place before I asked any of this. And then had to get like go back to that place a couple of times to really start asking it and really like make asking those questions and trying to live consciously a part of my life. Even after I had talked about the importance of living consciously on my podcast, I found myself back in that place. So I think that it is a good kind of proactive, preventative thing for people to do once they realize they have one of these things that they've identified as unhealthy, that they've seen some consequences from, to say, why do I do this? What are the beliefs that drive this? What's that, what are the underlying thinking patterns behind this? We talked about journaling, and I've questioned the usefulness of journaling a lot. I mean, I still do it, but it actually did help me identify 2018, 2019, uh, all the way back to 2017, there would be a time of year where I would just be fucking miserable. And I, I, I didn't know why. And then when it happened to me in, I think, 2018, I went back to my journal from the previous year and I saw I was writing all the same things and I realized it was seasonal. And the relief that I got from that was just so extraordinary and helped me get out of like after having like six to eight really shitty weeks, feeling better by going back and seeing like, look, this is not the end of your life. This was a cycle you went through last year that you can plan better for next year. It wasn't as bad this year. And this is something that's all just kind of come on for me in like the past five years. But it sucks. And this year I dealt with it the best because I knew it was coming and it wasn't like the greatest eight weeks that uh, you were there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty miserable, but I knew what it was, you know? And the point of all of this is if you're trying to prevent unhealthy things from happening in your life, having that awareness, having that conscious living, having that identification of triggers is really important, right? What do you need to get more of in your life? What do you need to stay away from in your life? What do you, what is lurking beneath the surface that you're not acknowledging that's going to lead you back to doing something you don't want to do or or leading you to do something unhealthy too much even if you're still going to do it now and then. You know, I I think that's the other really important factor here is identifying triggers. And I actually, you know, I was talking to an ex-girlfriend in New Hampshire and she was telling me uh, we had been talking like off and on for a couple of months, and she was like, uh, I was giving her some advice about this this guy. This is an ex from like 10 years ago. And she said, I love this guy. I'm really happy with him. I can't deal with the fact that he has kids. And when I saw her over Christmas, she had decided to give this guy a chance. And I said, and she was talking about how happy she was. And I said, you need to sit down and you need to take like a stoic worst case scenario approach to everything that can happen, considering all the variables, two children. If you want to be with this guy, what could derail that and how will you confront it? How will you address it when that happens? Be prepared for things to go wrong because if you're not, you're going to revert to probably some unhealthy behavior to deal with it if you don't have good strategies in place because you're prepared for bad things to happen. And I mean, have I nailed that in every area of life? No, not yet, but... As far as the biggest problem I've ever had, a problem that did have the potential to threaten my life, that approach has worked out really well for a long time. So even if we're only talking about doing it for three months on a micro scale, that's still a worthwhile exercise. 
I think so. I think if you're ever just doing something unconsciously, and also too, I feel like I, I'd accomplished a lot of things. And Brett, do you ever feel this? Maybe Andrew or Alex, like once you get a goal and you ne- don't necessarily have what's coming next after that, you kind of feel this weird, okay, I'm not working towards something. So what am I doing? Well, and Alex, yeah, Alex go first and then Andrew, because I think they probably have the best examples of like short-term kinds of like work with the jobs that they have. So you achieve something, you finish something, and then it's like, now it's time for a different kind of routine for a little bit. That idea, Drew? Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Alex. I don't think that I've actually uh, had an experience like that because as long as I've um, been projecting out into the future of like, this is what I want to do, who I want to be, I've always had way more next things to do uh, than I have time and like capability for. And my biggest thing has been like getting the first thing done or the second thing done after the first thing's done. Uh, Cause I'll like start doing the first thing and then I'll just completely give up on doing nothing at all. And then I'll start doing the first thing again and maybe get through that and then get to the second thing and then stop trying on the second thing. So um, yeah. I, are you asking Drew as far as like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to drink for a while, but then what am I going to do after that? No, I think it was like last year was kind of the first concrete year to where my business made a decent amount of revenue. Like it was quite a bit more than the year before. Um, and then the year before that was quite a bit more than the year before that. So I, I felt like, okay, this whole, the biggest thing that I've been thinking about from the time I was, 22 until you know i got laid off was i need to figure out how to quit my job and start a business and then live off that business so when i was laid off it was like okay this shit's real i gotta figure this out and then the first year was just kind of the struggle with the farm Mm -hmm. and i was hustling and then like you know what maybe instead of looking for more income while the farm is still building i'll look at another business so that was the real estate thing so I spent a lot of time learning there in the real estate thing. And, you know, I came and I talked to Andrew about it and I talked about different things we've been focusing on. And I was working with this guy who just would focus on something new all the time. And I didn't have a ton of effort because I have my other focus on the business to be the whole deal. Like I knew I could leverage some of my skill sets to help this guy. It didn't necessarily work out. And then I was just like, you know what, I, I'm just going to focus on trying to do the real estate thing to expand my, expand my business. And then it was like, you know what I could just do is just get my business really down to the point to where I'm focusing on this one thing and then getting that knocked out, like, you know, getting what, figuring out what crops and figuring out this. And so, you know, from the time of when I was trying to do real estate in my business to the, I just was focusing on my business. I didn't renew my RIA and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go put my nose down and get this. Like I made significant gains we worked on different things. It was different, you know, just focused on different efficiencies. I picked up an employee, um, a, another employee uh, to, to help me. And there was just a lot of things I was learning about my business that I didn't, I, I wasn't necessarily doing because I wasn't focused on it. So now I like, I really kind of got that in line and I want to take that to the next level. So it's just like, okay, so I need to, I think I need to change more of who I am if I want to accomplish these goals so then, you know, you start taking a hard look in the mirror and you're like, okay, what do I, what do I need to do differently? Because now, okay, I know I can eat and live well off this business, which for a long time is just a pipe dream. So, okay, so what can I change about myself? Which then was like this kind of 
crisis, which led into the mastermind call. Cause you know, man, taking a hard look in the mirror is scary. Like having to actually deal with who I am and what decisions I'm making and how it affects people around me and taking responsibility, I think is scary for a lot of people, but that's, that's, I feel like where you experience growth. So, so I, I like to kind of make an analogy here. So that entire discussion and, and what Alex was saying and the original question was, okay, if you have a goal, you achieve it. What next? Yeah. Do you have that? Right. I yeah. think that's more so an issue for people who are more focused. I think, yeah. like, I think I'm more like Alex and I, I think this is a nice contrast between that order versus chaos that we were talking about at the very beginning too. Yeah. You know, where are you more comfortable? So back before the internet or, or cell phones, mm-hmm. people would have desks and like at work and you'd have things on the desks that weren't computers, but there was this like that, that organizational device on the desk where you keep like phone numbers and you can flip the car. Rolodex. I have a goal-a-dex. Okay. That is never ending. So if I do achieve a goal, which is rare because they're just ongoing. Yeah. Like a goal might be, all right, let's just clear my inboxes, like all my different emails and like get on top of my actions folder and, and my waiting for pending folders. Like just kind of go through there and touch on everything. Like once I achieve that, like that's a big achievement and I'll have a brief moment of, well, now what? Like that was the big thing hanging over my head for the past week, but not anymore. But that Golodex is so packed full and there's so much to do that I never really have any kind of what next issue. Because there, there's there's way more that needs to be done than I can ever possibly do. And it's a yeah. constant stress level too. Like it's never achievable. It's completely unachievable. And like if you break it down, each individual task is absolutely achievable. But yeah, everything has massive urgency to it. And if it doesn't have massive urgency, the timeline should always be shorter than what is realistically going to get it accomplished. So there might be some lingering goal that is causing me some level of stress just floating in my head and like taxes. And that's just that can be easily prolonged and that's going to continue to create stress. So it's like, okay, well, dipshit, prioritize that and get it taken care of and get a handle on it. It's like, okay, but if I uh, if I put off other things that have to be done or other goals to focus on the tax goal, then there are negative consequences that are more severe than this tax goal. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 never ending and everything is a priority. So, yeah, I think the difference is, like, Brett and Drew, maybe, are more focused people. So you go after a goal, you can buckle down, focus on it, hone in on it, and accomplish it, and everything else goes by the wayside, maybe, but that's not bad because your lifestyles allow for that focus, where me, I can't. The other thing, too, is that there's a million ways I could do what I do. Yeah. And I'm super one of the the problems that I really still need to solve is being super indecisive about how I do it. Like I know That's... what I'm supposed to do. I know what my purpose is. I know how to harness the talents that I have and I've done all kinds of experiments. I've let all kinds of things go. I've got a hundred projects that are someday maybe in my Evernote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean sometimes I crave work that and i think that was one of the reasons why i wanted to start doing work for other people i mean there were lots of benefits there was like five great benefits of doing what i did last year but man it's nice to finish a day like i remember when i was a teacher and in the summer i would paint houses it's nice to like step back from the house at the end of the day and go fucking look what i did and sometimes my work just doesn't feel that way so 
Yeah, and I absolutely get that. Especially considering that there's like a bigger mission to it. You know, yeah. and I don't always get to see the result. Like I get a nice letter now and then, but I don't get to see. You don't get the to results. see those clear steps towards that bigger right, mission. Exactly. So, but you mentioned like the end of the day, and this kind of brings it back to drinking. There were days when I'm just go 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 go. I'm being pulled a million different directions. It's nothing but chaos, the whole day, and I'm doing everything and scrambling, and then going to the gym, going to the gym. I leave the gym, and now it's the end of the day, and it's been. It's been 12 hours or more, 14 hours in some cases, and now I go out, and I have a couple of drinks, and I uh, I get food at the bar or takeout or whatever it is, and that feels good. Not the drinking per se, but like that whole day feels good. I felt like I got a lot accomplished, even though it was a day full of chaos. The days I that like I, I punched the world in the dick. Yeah. Day. The, yeah. the yeah. days that I don't feel good, a lot more frequently, very recent- are the days where I'm, I haven't been drinking at all, and I get up in the morning, I have a hell of a time getting going. Like, no, when, I'm, when I get drunk the night before, I get up in the morning at 5 a.m., and I go, well, time to just jump in. Like, go into the computer and start going through stuff. But lately— That's the same, that's the same way I am. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, man, if drinking is why— you can't get shit done, then you shouldn't be drinking. It's like, well, I'm not going to let that get in the way. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's easier, but then it's like, okay, it's not there. It's like, man, I just want to lay in bed more. Yeah. It's fucking dark outside. Yeah. It- I was bitching on the on the other podcast on Portman Show that uh, the sun's taking too fucking long to come up in the morning. Yeah, it is. Those were my it's drunk dark. nights. Like th- that, That's me waking up from a drunken night. The sun's taking too fucking long to come up. I can't wait for that sun to come up. I wish it came up earlier. Now yeah. I'm not drinking. I'm getting up in the morning. It's still dark out. And I go, I'm still tired. I guess I should sleep longer. So yeah. then I turn on the TV and an episode of something plays and it's an hour long episode. Or and, you get on your phone what? and watch some YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, and the drunken night, I get up at five. The not drunken night, I get up at six and I go, well, I'm going to lay here till the sun comes up. The sun doesn't come up till seven. Now it's seven o'clock and I'm like, well, I guess I have to get up now and get to work. And I just don't want to. I've definitely had uh, similar situations, and I think that gets a little bit to Brett's point of uh, questions about what is this doing for you? Because, yeah, some of the days that I felt the best about um, my accomplishing things uh, has been a couple – this is a couple of years ago now. I would uh, – I remember one time very specifically – Brett will appreciate this – staying up until like 8 a.m. watching Entourage. Yeah, you've mentioned Not this even before. Drinking. I would wake up at noon, and I would feel kind of tired, and I'm like, dude, you fucked up. Like – there's no excuses. Just get up and do it. And uh, yeah, things got done that day and it felt good. Well, well, that's everybody's New Year's resolution kind of time too, right? They just fucked up since Thanksgiving and they go, oh my God, F- come the 1st of January. Yeah. I'm turning it all me. around. Yeah. See, yeah. but I didn't and now I'm yeah. fucking up. And yeah, like- that was yeah, that was definitely me. I think I, I do feel good um, because this time last year, I think I started to have some issues with sciatica. And I, I had a little bout and my goal was to like be, you know, doing enough yoga and working on my flexibility, to keep that not so and to keep it so I don't get a sciatic kind of instant where I can't really walk or anything. I think I, I started to realize that sometimes it was getting it from going too hard, like training too hard or putting myself too hard. So that's another reason why I wanted to dial it back. But it's like, OK, so. But now I feel like I'm too dialed back because I'm sleeping in too much. Or it's like I'm not up until 11 and it wasn't because I was drinking. It was just because I 
either stayed up late or I slept too much and I just didn't feel like getting going. And so it's like, so what is it? What's really going on with you? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to like, I think uh, where I'm definitely on board with bread and I'm trying to live that out is like, for me, alcohol was not the problem. It's the mindset behind it. And the first step is to eliminate alcohol. And um, so I, I think, yeah, I get where you're coming from, Andrew, because I had a similar thing towards the end of last year too. For me, it was I'm working 12 hours in a day. And then I'm going to just eat pizza and ice cream and stay up watching movies till 3 a.m. See, but I wasn't doing that. It wasn't like I'm working this many hours, so I'm going to do all these horrible things. The only thing that you could even put in the bad category was drinking. But that's your pizza and ice cream. Maybe. You can't eat pizza and ice cream. Right. (laughs) I made us a diet that forbade it. (laughs) I wanted to review the basic advice we gave on the show. And then I want to talk about some practical aspects of succeeding with fitness goals. And then we can wrap up. Okay, and, of course, we'll check back with both of you guys to talk about this more in the future. So we talked about, and this is all going to come up, I think, in practical fitness advice as well, making goals measurable and specific, right? So you can't get yeah. wishy-washy. Your goals don't have escape hatches, especially around drinking, eating, exercising. I think that's really important. I think it's helpful, and I learned this from fitness pursuits, to make goals on the shorter term. And I'm going to try uh, try to apply that more to professional things this year. Um, know your triggers and plan for them. And I totally agree what Andrew. I totally agree with what Andrew brought up earlier about having a routine, right? Because a lot of things, if you don't plan to do something, a lot of things can fall off. Like I went through a whole big long stretch last year where I didn't learn anything new because I wasn't making time for it on my calendar. And I'm happy that I changed that. And I like the results of that so far. I think along those lines, though, at least this is what works for me. And this is what I've noticed is learning something new, for example, is a a new habit that I implemented, just like any of the diet or fitness and things like that. And I came at it from an approach of I am the least disciplined motherfucker. Like I can't implement a good habit. I can't do anything (laughs) like this. So I had to be super hard on myself to get it ingrained. But as soon as it was ingrained, it was no problem. And now it's the default. Like now it's the norm. So like learning new things, I never have to schedule that. I used to listen to nothing but comedy podcasts or car podcasts. Mm -hmm. Now I listen to educational podcasts or self-help podcasts and audio books. Like if there's not a clear benefit to it, I'm not listening to it. And at first it was, okay, I can only listen to that kind of stuff in the morning when I'm focused. Like if I'm driving somewhere in the morning, I'll listen to an audiobook. On the way home, I can't focus on the audiobook, so I'm going to listen to something more mindless. Right. Now, my more mindless stuff is the heaviest stuff that there would have been a year and a half ago. But this applies to like fitness and, and diet too. I didn't think I'd ever be able to to stick to any kind of fitness or diet thing, but... Recently, like I feel like I've done insanely strict things with my my diet and or fitness with very little uh, struggle. Andrew measures his nuts now. I okay. So first off, you weigh I, him out. Yeah, I decided um, I'm going to. I feel like I'm I'm just eating too much. Like I'm not eating the wrong things necessarily, but I was eating too much. So I wanted to lose a few more pounds, but maintain the diet. So I started measuring everything and i uh, i went out and i bought like a 60 piece tupperware thing from sam's club for like 20 bucks mm-hmm. and i got home and i spent two hours filling the tupperware with with pumpkin seeds and almonds and jerky and all these different things so every day i was just packing all these things with me 
and I knew exactly what I was consuming. I even did this for alcohol. Like I went, yeah, I had what, eight shots tonight? That's 800 calories of bourbon. Guess I'm not eating dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. That's how it worked. I didn't want to, I didn't want to break the rule. Yeah. Like I set a limit for myself for, for both macros and calories and I didn't break it and I stuck with it and it wasn't that hard to do. It really wasn't. Christmas day I broke it because there was just chaos and lots of food. Right. But other than that, I didn't break it and I, I tried it out for a while and it was fine. Um, but more recently I decided to start trying intermittent fasting and I thought that sounds like it's going to be tough. Like I work out. I'm used to eating a lot, especially in the morning. Like I'm used to my bulletproof coffee with nearly 500 calories. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't tough at all. 16 like, hour fasts are pretty easy. I've done, I did like four days of fasting and it wasn't. Okay. Bad. Well that would be impossible, but I did, you get, I did 20 hours on my first, first try. Day. Like I was shooting for 16 hours and I hit 20, no problem. So when we talk here about Andrew putting beef jerky in Tupperware, it also reminds me that, uh, do things that are sustainable. Right. And yeah, I think this yeah. is the, the classic new year's resolution mistake is that people pile on too much or they're too grandiose, or they're not gradual enough in how they do things. But not that Andrew can't measure beef jerky for the rest of his life. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. I'm it's just not saying when you I talk about sticking with for a long time. No, no, no. I get it. So, but that's what made me think about it because it sounds kind of like an arduous task. I think you'll stick to it as long as you want to. But when somebody describes something new that they're doing and it sounds like a pain in the ass, it's just a good time to insert making things sustainable but, into the conversation. Okay, so no, like that, the measuring, Yeah, I think that is something that you could do for a week or two every once in and a while just it. to sort of recalibrate yourself yeah, yeah, because yeah. you start to get creep, right? Yeah. Like, okay, here's what I'm used to doing, used to eating, and then you don't need to measure it anymore. You just know. Right. Right? But over time, it starts to creep away from that original plan. So it's good to recalibrate. That is very true. I think that gets um, really to the core of what my like one piece of advice for Drew would be. Um, I think the, I think for the balance point between that, like the chaos of not having a necessarily really strict laid out plan, um, but feeling like you can get a lot done because you're just in the moment you're doing this thing. Okay. That's done. Go put out this other fire and like having something that you're focusing on so you can see yourself make progress and get the reward of setting a goal, working towards it, seeing it come up, achieving it, go to the next thing, um, is to like, uh, I think Scott Hambrick on your podcast, Brett, really clicked this for me of like, you can't manage everything. Don't try to literally measure every piece of food you ever eat every day for the rest of your life. You can't do that. But you can do that for a little while, get a better sense intuitively of like what eating certain macros or that kind of thing is. And then you just let yourself run. And then you take that attention and that focus that you're putting into measuring your food and you put that in the next thing. Um, maybe I don't need to spend two hours doing email every day because I don't need to read half the emails that I've been reading and I will focus on that for a week or two and move on. So, um, yeah, I think with, uh, with your health kind of goals, Drew, um, and I think this plays into like, you've gotten yourself with your business to a good point where you don't, you don't need to feel like you have to keep growing that for now because this health thing is important too. So I think if yeah. you're at a good spot with that. Let that be where it is. Focus on your health. And when it comes to your health. Yeah, health. I think the health thing in the podcast, I think the podcast is part of my mental health. Yeah. Too. And I and it's Why fun to come on here and talk sure. to you guys. And it's like, um, and so like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do publish one episode a week. You that have my easy. permission. Not that you need it. No, to it's use good, this as a podcast if you want. 
I was going to ask you about that. I was going to say if I could put it on Patreon and then we, I might, I would like to maybe just release it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. How come, I, how come my input is is completely overlooked? Here? You were the very <laughs> next person I was uh-huh. going to ask, Andrew. Um, yeah, if you don't mind. No, I, Alex, I, I don't give a shit about what you say, but I'm just teasing. You know, it's I'm, funny. I don't care either whether it gets released. <laughs> I, I'm the one who brought it up earlier, but like stacking on too much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a risk. But on the other hand, I think there's something to be said for like going fucking all out, like going yeah. real hard for a short time, because then. You're gonna normalize. Like you're gonna get to a normalized level of a new of a yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So once once you went hard, like the normal level is easy. No, I'm starting to believe this actually from watching you because one of the things that was very important to me about freedom is having a life of leisure, like never yeah. being stressed, never having to deal with shit that's out of my control, that's never impossible. having to work p- uh, with people who are like unpredictable variables. Like it's just very undesirable to me. But I have traded other types of freedom, right? Like not having to think twice about getting on a plane to go see somebody, right? Um, like, I can do it, but it's like there's got to have to be a trade-off somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I would like that trade-off to not exist, you know? And and there, there's probably lots of—I could—the bigger I dream, the more things like that I could think of. You know what I mean? And also Scott Hambrick advice. He said this on Online Great Books podcast— and I talked about this in, in the last mastermind call I did with uh, Richard Grove's group. Uh, he said one of his rules is the more, the more. The more you do, the more you realize you can do. Yeah. The more you think about doing, the more you want to do. Dr. Carl Schutt, Scott's co-host, said, and the less, the less. The less yeah. you do. Now, you could specify this into one area, right? Like fitness or some other aspect of self-improvement. The less, the less. The less you do, the less you think about doing, the less you want to do, the less you feel like you can do. So to identify what needs to be the biggest parts of like progress in the next year. And I agree with what Andrew's saying. Like I've always said, like I watch Andrew and I say, what you're doing is not sustainable. You can't live like this forever. I think that's true. But Andrew has also like raised his threshold of like what he can handle, I would say. But you handle a lot. And I am looking at my life of leisure and going, you know what? I could do a lot more. I can, and, and even just like trying to increase my, the, the amount of inputs that I'm willing to take in and the amount of enrichment like, and, and novelty that I want to receive, I start to realize that because you know my gears start turning in new ways and I start thinking about new things. And that's one of my biggest three-month goals for this year. Um, but with the fitness thing, as that relates to it, you know, I say do an experiment where you don't overdo it, but not like go as hard as you can for three solid months, because when you're talking about fitness, it's injuries and all that, but focus yeah, for three months, you know, and, and be conscious about what you're doing and measure your results and look at a goal for, for, uh, 120 days, create milestones for where you should be after, you know, three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, and then all the way up to 12 weeks. I would say for Drew, all of that except setting those milestones, because I think particularly like when you discussed it before, it was like hitting certain weights in the gym and things like that. I think um, one of my other like go-to life advice people, James Clear, uh, wrote a blog post about identity-based habits, uh, identity-based goals. Um, And so instead of saying like, I want to lose 20 pounds, 
your goal should be to do the things that somebody who does lose 20 pounds would do because you don't have control over actually losing that. No, that, that was kind of what I was getting at with like, I want to be able to do a handstand. So I got this, uh, this yoga guy, he's got a course on how to improve certain strengths to get to that level. Um, so add that into a routine. I think your goal should be, I'm going to do yoga every day. I'm going to do yoga three times a week, whatever it is, do that. And then just every once in a while, try going for your handstand and watch that improve. But in the meantime, you can see yourself doing yoga every day and feel good. And I bet after three months of doing yoga every day, if you were going to do that, even if you couldn't do the handstand, there'd be five other things that would have been great reasons, uh, great benefits of doing that. So, um, yeah, I think focusing on doing the things to be healthy, not drinking, eating better, working out is, is more important for you in your position. Brett is like, Brett's going to be at the gym. He knows that. So how does he keep himself engaged? Okay. Can I put five more pounds on my bench press? Can I put 10 more pounds on my deadlift? I don't think you need that right now. I don't think it's going to be helpful. Yeah. Everyone tends to focus a lot. I mean, I hear it constantly on, on the measurable goals, but I think that's when you get into that situation of, okay, I hit this, this metric. What now? Right. But routine is a measurable goal. Sure. But, but what, what I'm getting at is I think it, for me at least, and maybe for Drew, having ambiguous goals is probably perfectly fine. Nobody ever says that. Everyone says be specific, but yeah. Why not be extremely general? Why not just say, I want every single day or every single week or every single month or every single year, whatever period of time, I want to be a better version of myself than I was yesterday. Now, that's not something that I achieve on a consistent basis, but nevertheless, like that is the ideal for me. If you ask me what my goal is, I go, I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. Okay, but that's a, there's a difference, right? You're giving a what and then there's a how. So the hows can get more specific as you go along. So when I talk about like what I try to do in the gym, if somebody's new to, to that, they should never try to do that. That'd be stupid, right? Sure. Like, what's the point? Like I wouldn't even be weighing myself. But but but, but what what I'm saying is like a much easier kind of measurement you can do is did I do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Sure. Right. That's yeah. the place to start. Yes, but once you get into the rhythm of this, like it's not like this is Drew's first goal he's ever tried to achieve. No, I know. But if you just are of the mindset get better yeah to simplify to oversimplify it that doesn't mean you can't check in and and take a measurement and compare it with previous measurements but i don't know that going for one metric versus another because it it's kind of arbitrary like if you want to measure it do a one percent improvement over some period of time Mm -hmm. right whether it's a day or a month or a year but that gets exponentially better because compounding interest right but nevertheless like that should be the goal the way that I'm doing this specifically with health, like right now, is um, what Brett said. I'm checking off, did I do this thing? And then I'm taking measurements um, as well. So like the two kind of big health things that I'm doing are one, um, I'm going to do this cyclic ketogenic diet. So I'm going to add in a low fat, high carb day. And then the other thing is I'm going to make sure I get to the gym to do uh, strength training three times a week and yoga at least once, if not twice a week. So I'm just going to check off, hey, look. I'm, did I do the high fat days, uh, six days a week? Did I do the low fat day one day a week? Uh, cool. Checked off. And then did I do the three strength training days once, uh, every week? Did I do the yoga once or twice a week? Cool. I'm done. In the meantime, I'm going to be weighing myself and I'm going to be, um, actually taking my, uh, blood ketone levels just to better understand my diet. I'm not pinning my success on losing X amount of weight in the next three months. I'm pinning it on, 
activities uh, doing the workout and where eating you consistent. the right way. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I get that. And like, that's the road that I've been going down more. I've been nerding out about it, getting more specific about it, but it's not like I'm noticing any real benefits from that. If anything, I'm noticing that that is my excuse to not focus on things that are more important than turning the dial on the diet a little bit. It's way easier for me to spend an hour and a half watching YouTube videos about intermittent fasting than it is for me to go in and manipulate my prices to get more bookings or whatever it might be. But that relates to advice that you gave where sometimes you have to kind of tune in on one thing, right? Refine it a little bit, do it a little better. And Alex said the same thing. For me, committing is discipline. But yeah. my problems are commitment and focus. That That's yeah. my problem. And And when I say focus, I don't mean focusing on one thing. I mean trying to boil down the one thing in each area of life that I want to focus on that day and actually going through and, and doing those things. Cause it might be far too easy for me to focus on too many fitness things in one day and everything else goes to shit or vice versa. Yeah, so, no, I agree. The balance, finding the balance. Yeah. Isn't uh, there just a way though? I mean, just back to this one more time, cause I really like this idea to blast and cruise. So not measuring, mm -hmm, right. Is mm -hmm. blasting. Yeah, basically. Then you don't need to measure nuts anymore because you can know by the palm of your hand how much you should have and how you shouldn't. It's right. automated. Right? In fact, there was too so, many nuts to eat. Right, exactly. I so, didn't want to eat all those nuts. No. So then it's cruise, mm -hmm. right? Then it goes into a cruise phase and you can do this with anything. And I think it just comes down to being deliberate and scheduling time for it. And then if for like a period of two weeks saying, okay, I have to adjust my life. It's not a trade-off. It's not avoidance. It doesn't have to be. But like for two weeks, I'm going to focus on this thing. Yeah. And it can be with areas too, right? Like, okay, cool. Spend the next two weeks getting way into intermittent fasting. And maybe, yeah, you're letting your responsibility to like go and do some of the sales stuff slide a little bit, but fine. You're going to do that for the next couple of weeks. Well, you know what? I, I, I really like this idea and this is the thing I want to explore in much more detail, but I don't have time for this show and this yeah. I'll go off on too many tangents and too many areas and too many yeah. details. So next is comfort zone. This is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on different areas of life trying to focus and what the negative side effects would be of focusing on one, at least for me specifically. So, Sounds good. Drew. Yes, sir. Give us an accountability. Uh, create a routine, morning routine. Morning routine? That yeah, morning and afternoon routine, I think, just for me, like stuff that I'm doing for me. But Okay, Britt, Alex says no. Morning routine. No. No? Focus. But is that going to help you with the fitness goal? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I could probably accomplish most of my fitness goals if I had something I did every morning instead of just laying in bed and saying, all right, this is what I got to do today. Well, find your optimal time to strike with all of these things, too. Yes. You know? Okay. Like, if you say the gym is ideal or whatever the fitness thing is, is at 2 p.m., that's the time. If you can make yeah. that work every day or you have a range of time and it's got to be scheduled. So let's just say a routine. I'm going to schedule a routine for my fitness. Alex, are you satisfied Alex size audible. Uh, yeah. I, I no. think a fitness routine is still maybe too much. Like, but if it's something specific, if you get it specific enough to like yoga three days a week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or something like that, I think that Well, this is, is all right, this is my real plan. I was gonna do DDP yoga three days a week, and then every day I'm gonna focus on this Brad Terrell guy has this this stuff you can do for a handstand. And it's not necessarily focused in on like overall fitness. It's focused on that specific thing. So that was yeah. my plan. I think doing that for a week or two weeks, I think that's what your accountability is. All right. That's it then. Right you already there. got the routine. 
Yeah, that sounds good. I love it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, for being so open with all of this stuff. I hope this helps other people. We could have talked for another hour about specific diet and fitness stuff. I will spare 75% of my audience that. Well, I'm sorry I got specific about it in the first place. No, 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 no. That was just specific enough, I think. (laughs) I liked it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Thanks for having us. Bye, Andrew. Bye, guys. There was a day.